He stood before her, his black eyes nearly burning a hole through her. How had Jonas gained admittance to her bath? He was mute, speaking not a word as his eyes followed her about the room. Go away! You're not wanted here! she yelled. Undaunted, he moved closer to where she stood, not batting an eye as her temper outshone her fear. He was like a cat playing with a mouse, enjoying the taunting and teasing, not ready to go for the kill. Bethany wished she had paid attention to Jenny's words. Now she was baffled and terrified at seeing the beggar man in her private bath. Had he been there the whole time while she had showered? The thought made her cringe and her skin crawl. The beggar man had a way of making people's skin crawl and worse. People had a way of dying in his presence, and Bethany had no desire to follow in Jeremy's footsteps. She knew instinctively it had been he who had killed her boyfriend. The only thing she didn't know was why. Why had he just recently appeared and started claiming lives? Jeremy, as well as Jack Myers, had both become victims of this Jonas. She had heard from several sources about last night's accident, and although Christy Stevens wasn't dead, her life was as good as over. Bethany could analyze this situation until the cows came home, but it wouldn't change a thing. Her nightmares had precipitated his arrival, and she somehow felt responsible for his actions and the aftermath of his crimes. She didn't know how, but in some way she was connected to this beggar man, as she sensed it had started many years ago, in fact decades earlier. His actions were beyond corrupt. They were unconscionable and horrific. Bethany couldn't figure out if he was man or mist, ghost or ghoul, or a mixture of all these things. As he approached, leaning in closer to her, she took her index finger and poked at his chest. She expected it to go right through him, but it didn't. It stopped, her finger having hit solid matter, flesh and bone, and skin that was cold to the touch. Bethany withdrew her finger, wishing she had not touched his flesh and felt the rubber-like texture of his skin. He smiled his sick, twisted snarl of a grin, coming closer to where she stood. The beggar man had nearly pinned her against the wall, and she closed her eyes, trying to block out his image. By now she was gasping for air and completely hyperventilating, caught in the throes of a panic attack. There was no denying the truth, and it was this. She was not having one of her dreams or visions, and this experience was genuine. He who stood before her and nearly next to her was for real, and he was her biggest nightmare. God, how she wished he were dreaming, and how she wished he could wake up. Dan Bateman and Ian Ferguson reached her condo in nearly the same instant. Bateman wished he could have shoved Ferguson down the flight of stairs, but then that would have accomplished very little. It would have just momentarily stopped Ferguson from harassing and annoying Dan Bateman. Ian was too boosted up to be hurt in a fall, and everyone knew most drunks survived accidents with minimal injuries. Now there was no noise coming from inside of the apartment, and this caused Mr. Bateman even greater concern. Daniel Bateman was aggravated and downright angry as he dropped the front door key. Bending over to retrieve it, he backed into Ian Ferguson in his beer belly. Get out of my way, you old jackass. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Dan Bateman had completely had it with Ian Ferguson as he opened the door to apartment 2D. Shoving Ian aside, Dan Bateman entered the front foyer of the condo. Ian followed like a whipped puppy, one that had been kicked and abused, its spirit broken. 
The two men stood in the middle of Bethany's living room, calling out her name, waiting for some sort of response. There was none, so Dan Bateman yelled her name a second time. This time there was a reply. They weren't sure if it was her voice as they followed it down the hallway and into the master bedroom. The door to the small private bath was closed, and there was something emanating from beneath it, filtering through the small crack that separated the tile from the carpeting. It was greenish, with a tinge of yellow, and it was some sort of mist that had begun to envelop the bedroom. "'God, I bet the bath's on fire!' yelled Bateman, looking at Ian Ferguson, half expecting him to know what to do. "'What is that awful stench?' asked Bateman, starting to gag and choke. Ian Ferguson wasn't sure if it was the booze or the lack of sleep, but he, too, was seeing this green fog that stunk. "'Why are you asking me about it?' questioned Ian. "'Like I know every little thing that's defective around here? You just said I was going to be replaced, and you were going to make certain I was history.'